Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Talking About Walkers. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here with you. And I am joined by my wonderful, beautiful co-host, uh, the one and only. We'll start off with Jen. How you doing, Jen? Hey, I'm doing really, really good. I can't believe that we're already back to The Walking Dead. Feels like just yesterday we stopped. I know, right? I know. Does. All right. And it's also... Been a year, year and a half. It, it seems like it, but uh, no. <laughs> uh, also joining us is Grayson. How you doing, hey, Grayson? Yes. How you been? I'm good. It's like a new year, new happiness, new uh, walking dead. Loving it. All right. All right. All right. I'm glad that you guys are all doing well. I'm myself uh, is hanging in there and trying to, you know, keep it uh, keep it interesting for all you fine people. So uh, we'll see how this will go. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, we're going to cover the mid-season premiere. The episode is entitled Squeeze. And um, so let's get into it. Um, I think a good place to start off at is where we left off in the finale. I know we didn't do an episode for the finale, so shame on us. But, yeah. uh, but and shame on us for not doing the bonus episode, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. We suck. That was kind of crazy, actually. But. So, uh, so Jen, you want to talk about it just briefly? Um, you know, <laughs> okay. Well, what, what would you like me to briefly talk about first of all? Because well, I have so many thoughts about all of this altogether. No, the uh, the bonus. Oh, the bonus episode. Yeah. Well, uh, I only fast forwarded through it, so. I didn't. Uh, I'm, maybe Grayson should talk about it because I really didn't find anything that I thought was too super awesome about it. Uh, was there anything you want to talk about about the bonus? It was or- kind of like a sad little episode. There, it was one of those things of you know, there it is, Sadiq eh, gone. You know, it's like, it, but the one that was really awesome the shocker. It. It's like, okay, you're a pre. You know, you're supposed to be a man of God there, and you go ahead and you do that. Oh my god, like the jail scene? Uh, that was just merciless. I, uh, I was like, you know, I didn't think you'd have it in him. You know, something that has that has happened since the transition, uh, well, since the break, right? Since the mid-season finale to now, is uh, I've really had a chance to think critically about what happened during the first part of this season. And I think the reason that it didn't shock me is because, or that I didn't find it too amazing, is because I feel like this season of The Walking Dead is sort of like trying to resuscitate the story, and they they just haven't hit the right shock wave yet. I, I, I does that make sense? I mean, like I'm not trying to dis. Mm-hmm. I still love the series, but I am just. It's just it dragged a lot in the in the early part of the series. I mean, in the early part of this uh, season, and I think that they are still sort of trying to come back with something. And certainly, the season mid season finale had plenty of meat on the bone to kind of go, "Oh my God, what's happening?" But at the same time, it, it's all it's almost like well, nothing really feels shocking. Like everything feels like 
Oh yeah. Okay. They killed off. See, another I, you know, Whereas, I totally agree with that in a lot of ways, but also it was one of those, I like the fact that they kind of eased you back in. I'm looking now for, you know, episode two to get really, really super exciting. It's kind of like, okay, we, and now we've lulled you into a nice uh, false sense of this is just going to be one of those relaxed seasons. And suddenly it's like, nope, we're throwing Michonne into uh, this whole entire thing. It's like, you know, uh, with the whole thing of going there with this new, uh, with this Walker betrayal and all that. I'm sitting there going, okay, nice ease in. I'm looking forward to seeing this all come to a head. It it was, it was definitely very from, uh, from a viewer perspective, it was really shocking to know that the, uh, that, that what somebody would do in terms of messing with the water supply was that, that that piece was so easy for someone to do, to make people sick and die en masse. It, I mean, it's to me, that yep. is no different than, you know, somebody saying, okay, I, I can just commit mass murder and not feel anything for it. And it, but that really did have a big emotional impact on me. It's just, that so far the characters that I still really adore feel like they are so removed from some of this danger that it doesn't, that I don't feel like they're in peril. So it, maybe it didn't hit me quite as hard. Yeah. And I can, and I get that. It's like, but from a viewer point of view, it was one of those sitting there going, you know, really, I like the fact that you're at least easing me in. You're not just Mm -hmm. jumping you know it's okay last season we were getting some as you said meat on the bone and then all of a sudden it's like you know it's kind of nice to thank you for working me into this you know not just jumping in you know full hog and trying to make my brain go okay you know let's adjust here (laughs) because boy what an episode to sort of throw us back into everything with right exactly can I can I say something about this episode sort of just um, as an overall uh, observation? Sure. I, I don't really understand what it is about shows that think that if they shoot something really dark that it somehow makes it more edgy. Uh, look, I'll suspend. Well, all it does is make you. it dark. Uh, it just, yes. I, I, will, I will happily, if you tell me that it's dark in here, believe that it's dark in here and you can still show me what's going on. I hate that. I can't stand not being able to see stuff. It doesn't actually make it more tense for me. It just makes it confusing. And I had the contrast on my TV turned all the way up so that I could see what was going on. And it was just, why do I need to do that? I felt the same way in Game of Thrones, by the way. But it, I feel like that was actually a mistake in the cave. I loved it. I loved the... I loved how tense it was in the cave, but I was so distracted by the production quality in that, that it actually took me out of the story. Yeah. I was sitting there going like, I'd rather see what's going on. Thanks. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. what do you think, Kendai? Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't really, I'm going to be a hundred. I'm going to keep it 100. It, it was it was okay. It was an okay episode. I wasn't in love with it. Um, you know, to be honest with you, there were times where it lost my attention. Um, it wasn't like a terrible episode. Like not like if this was 
another season or something, I probably would have liked it a little bit better. But um, I don't know, man. I just, I had a hard time getting into it, especially all the cave stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when there were situations where characters were in peril, like you said, I was just kind of just like, okay, we know how it's going to all end and all of that. And so I was just kind of like, whatever about it. Um, the the best scene and the scene everybody talked about is the uh, the hoochie coochie going on. Oh God, that was like so disturbing. I think that that that, that disturbed me more than the cave. Uh, but you know what? It was different than anything they've done on the show, and also uh, it was uh, um, it wasn't sexy at all. No, <laughs> no, it's like the revamp from Ghost. Like if ghosts if ghosts were in The Walking Dead, yeah, uh, ladies, just I just want to let ladies know this one thing: if you're gonna make love to a guy, take off your zombie uh, skin mask. It's not cute. It's not cute okay. at all. Uh, okay, I, I'm I'm gonna take. So I was gonna do this at the end of the episode, but I'm gonna do it now. So one of the things that I actually really love about Alpha is that she never misses an opportunity to weaponize anything she can, anything. And weaponizing sex is, to me, one of the most (laughs) both disturbing and amazing things that they have twisted tables on. Rather than turning Negan into a sexual predator, which we clearly knew that he was, he had a harem back at Sanctuary, they create the alpha dynamic so that she is using sex as a weapon with him. And it, it, I'm not saying that using sex as a weapon is ever okay. I'm just saying that in the context of the story, it absolutely flipped things upside down. And I was super impressed with the branch that they went out on in order to write that. It felt dangerous. It felt, uh, not the scene didn't. I mean, the scene, I think I need therapy from that scene. But that that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that from a story perspective, that was a huge risk to take. And I'm really glad that they took it because in retrospect, it gives Alpha this sense of dominance that that we oftentimes only attribute to men. And flipping it and giving it to a woman was really really amazing so i have to i have to take uh issue with with something you said is nothing wrong with having you a harem that don't make you a predator oh come on negan was serious okay maybe the harem didn't make him a predator but he was seriously a predator negan really was i think she a predator she marches sure. him out into yeah, the woods. That's exactly what I'm saying. She the marches tables. him. Yep. She, the she tables mar- are completely turned. Oh, it's okay when a woman's a predator? No. What I'm saying is I'm really glad that they take the equal opportunity to keep, to make basically both of these people who are apex bad guys and they don't pull any punches. They don't say, well, a woman wouldn't do this or a woman wouldn't do that. And it se- to me that seems incredibly. Uh, it's it seems like that the the style of writing, or I shouldn't say the style of writing, the fairness in the writing is it was that was a big risk, uh, and I I am definitely appreciative of that fact. Mm. 
Well, you know, I feel so bad for Negan. Uh, he was violated and, you know, poor guy. I mean, you he think was, he was violated? Yes, he was made to. He didn't seem violated to me. He did. But you know what? People deal with their violations differently. Uh, so, so <laughs> he said it's been so long, I don't even care. So, well, he he had to say what he had to say. Who had the power? <laughs> Who had the power? Well, that see, that's why I think flipping the script is so incredibly powerful. That's exactly why it's so powerful. Because yeah, we don't know. I mean, she when I say that that Alpha used sex as a weapon, I'm not joking. I'm serious. She really did, and and that on its face is huge. I I feel like it was too gratuitous and yeah. and uh, and I don't even mean that in sort of like the the vaguest sense of I I just feel like maybe they didn't need to actually show some of what they showed but I do think that every bit of dialogue that we had up to that point was insanely important because it showed exactly like you said well, well what was Negan going to do turn her down he couldn't no so he was he was he was he, stuck. Yeah, he was used and abused, man. I, poor Negan, man. Yeah, I'm sure that he was like horribly, uh, uh, that he'll be horribly scarred for life now. I'm, yes. I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't go so far as to say poor Negan. I, I, yeah. But I, but, I, I, but I do think that it was definitely very uh, telling. It was very also well, telling about it. It's telling in this, uh, in this podcast how you would run your group, Missy. <laughs> yeah, I think so, huh? Well, we'll just have to try that theory out. Mm-hmm. Marching people out to the middle of the woods. <laughs> but no, it was a good. I mean, it was That's a, just a Tuesday. Oh no, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, it, but you know, it was a good. It was a, a good scene because it was one of those scenes that got people talking, right? I mean, definitely. So it it, it accomplished what it is because it was a buzzing on uh, social media. About about it, you well, know. I think it was the only buzz on social media because it's like it, I'm sorry, you know. I, I I really hate the fact that they made Carol all like you know scared and you know like I am claustrophobic. I can hardly do anything. It's like really, this is not the Carol that we are used to. So it was kind of nice to have that juxtaposing of like having Alpha, who is like, no, I'm the boss. Mm. Yeah, well, for sure, and 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 also, I have to agree. It it seemed to me like they are trying to dial Karen uh, Carol back in in a way that doesn't actually make character sense. Yeah, mm. like in previous episode, even on the bonus episode, she's like, you know, screw you, Ezekiel, I'm leaving and going off to go do this adventure crap, and then you know, then it's like, oh, I'm so scared. So frightened! Oh my God, it's a tight space. What am I gonna do? I can't breathe. You know, really. Well, that well, I, I, okay. Wait, as somebody who actually suffers from some weird anxieties okay. that don't make any sense, I, I do understand that, right? I do understand having really strange anxieties that you can't explain to anybody, and it does really weird things to your brain. The the issue that I have with the way that they treated Carol was that they at the same time that they make her afraid or with anxiety, they also give her this overriding function of, I'm going to go back 
into the cave with the dynamite and blow up the walkers, knowing yeah. that that would probably kill everybody. Look, I, I'm, you know, at some point, it's like Carol has become, she didn't used to be, but Carol has become a, a schizophrenic in character presentation. Not the character is, is schizophrenic, but the way that she's presented to us has this like, okay, she's this, okay, she's that, okay, she's this, okay, she's that. Yeah. It doesn't line up, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, the original Carol who, like, basically slit her kid's throat kind of thing. You know, that's a different sort of Carol. This is like the I'm so weak Carol that, you know, you're sitting there going, really? Are you? Well, and you're like, where where did the original Carol go? But 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 that's just it. They want to have it both ways because in the same episode they also tried to make it feel like when she was talking to Daryl that she felt so wronged by Alpha that she was willing to do anything. And the, yeah. the trip back into the cave with the dynamite that ultimately, you know, cut off two of the of the people in the cave now has created this really weird uh, relationship between Carol and Daryl and everybody else because Carol is the one who is not just off the rails. She's been off the rails for probably the past season or two. And and I get it. I mean, <clears throat> in this season- Yeah, you're allowed know, to lose your mind a little. She she lost her, what she who she felt like was her child. I totally get that. That is absolutely valid. But the writing for Carol feels so inconsistent. It feels so contrived. And because if you look at Alpha as just as a as a juxtaposition here, uh, it, Alpha stands in stark contrast. Alpha never wavers. Alpha is yeah. always the same. And I'm not saying we should make Carol a bad guy and turn her. But if Carol is going to suffer from things that are life altering, then they have to be consistent in order for us to believe them. She can't waver in them. And you also can't have her, uh, you know, having all of these motherly feelings and then all of a sudden, you know, like not give a shit about anybody else's human life. Well, right, because obviously these people are also children of other people or, you know, loved ones of other people. And nobody is that devoid of empathy that they can't understand that their actions have ramifications. Even people who are acting out of blind anger have more control over... Right, yeah, or a right. point of view. You still always have an opportunity to, at least they still do have somewhat of a conscience. Even a sociopath has somewhat of a conscience. They just avoid their conscience. I, I got to say that scene with the dynamite, it actually pissed me off. It pissed me off because, because one, I felt like, okay, well now Carol's fine with going back in the cave and now she's not scared anymore and what the heck. But then number two... She, I don't care if she thought that she could blow up the herd. She had to know that going through that motion was going to lead to immediate peril for the people that were involved who hadn't exited the cave yet. It just, it, it smacks of, uh, of Carol being like so far off the rails emotionally and cognitively that she almost doesn't even feel like a functioning person anymore I, it really annoys me actually and it actually goes against the whole entire character that we've come to know right right 
And it's kind of like, okay, well, why did we sell out Carol? And why did we make this really weird relationship between Carol and Daryl again? See, and I thought that that relationship was super weird. I, I thought that that relationship was going to end up being a redemptive arc for Carol. That, yes. You know, that she and Daryl would, would figure out a way to find some redemption together. And that would exactly. feel great, but no. And now she's just alienated Daryl, who's like, okay, whatever, see you, bye. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just, wow. Tell us what you think, Kente. <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, I know you're not gonna like what I'm about to say. Uh oh. But I, Carol is not one of my favorite characters at all. <laughs> I've never liked Carol. Uh, uh, you know, so I mean, I it get. Really feel. I I get why you ladies like Carol because they made her like this strong character at times and stuff, and she's had this That's arc. True. So yeah. I get that, but for me, I don't know. I didn't like her from the beginning, and. Um, so, you know, and then she's just so all over the place. She kind of reminds me at times like Kate from Lost, you know, where, you know, like Kate is, you know, is a strong character and all that. But then she does some dumb stuff and you're like, what the hell is wrong with this woman? You know, uh, so I think some I think a lot of it is the writers do her justice, do her this, uh don't do her justice sometimes. So. I think that's partly the the issue. It's not the actress. The actress is, uh, you know, yeah, really she's, good. she is. Actually yeah, really good. We're, we're not talking about her acting. We're talking about right. like, Melissa the McBride. The movies went completely left field. Yeah, right. and she. I think Melissa McBride does the best that she can with what she's given. But I will say, I will also say this: part of where I think the systemic issue happens, and this happens with The Walking Dead often. I, I I love you, Walking Dead. Don't get me wrong, but I have to be critical where I feel like it's important. Uh, that where characters don't have a sustained presence in the comics, it feels like they go so far off the rails in all these different directions because there's nothing to tie them back to the main plot again. And I, I it, it's weird the way that it seems to happen that way. But it, you know, we know already what the presences are for Negan. We know what the presences are for Alpha. We know we knew what the presences were for Rick. We had a really strong sort of character understanding of who they were and they didn't veer far from who the characters were even if their story arcs changed a lot and with carol there just isn't enough i don't think for her for them to sustain a kind of personality arc all the way through because she just doesn't have any ties but then, i do ahead. agree with that but i would also say as well another one that they use as a juxtaposition in that way is like Michonne. So what I'm thinking is that the writers actually have fallen asleep at the wheel. Sorry, but they have. It's like yeah. they've just taken this mediocre writing to, uh, to just be acceptable. In yeah. this sense. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree as well. Um, okay, so do you think that they're going to be dead? No. no. But I think one of them will die. Mm. But I don't think they will both be dead. No. I don't think so either. I think the the deaf lady. Uh, I, I, I'm so sorry. I can't remember her name. Uh, I I don't think she's gonna die. Well, why don't you think she's gonna die? I just feel like, look, when they didn't kill the Samoan dude, right? 
uh, they, you know, they had a good mm-hmm. opportunity and all of that. Then it made me just kind of go, oh, okay, they, they don't, you know, they fall in love with all their characters. I think s- sometimes people got to go, you know what I mean? And uh, I think they have too many characters now on the show. So yeah. Connie is actually one of those characters Connie, yes. that I actually like. I, I, I feel like they did a good job by bringing her in because they it, it, it opens up a different kind of uh, storytelling that they're able to tell. But you're right in, in what you say. There's too many characters. Yeah. And and this is why I think that the that the Carol story that there's no excuse for the Carol story. There are so many characters, and they focused all their attention on a few of them this episode. And there was no reason that they couldn't get that right. None. I'm, I mean, I, look, I'm not writing the show. I'm not saying, oh, you know, it's easy. I know it's hard, but we expect big things from The Walking yeah. Dead, and I don't think that there's any reason that the fans shouldn't expect big things. Well, we also uh, and, yeah. be fresh year after year after year. This is the whole thing. It's like as writers, uh, you know, you're usually writing two and three seasons uh, ahead at a time in regards to the show, uh, it, or it's like plotting it at least at this point. And it's kind of the okay, you waited a year and a half to give this out to us with all of the controversy that was going on of where they were shooting and stuff like that, and uh, and that's why and a lot of production delays and things like that it's like okay i get it but now we're running into what's known as lazy writing into the lazy writing zone it's the i had the plots and i'm just trying to pump up something to fill in space and i'm really hoping that by episodes at least three or four we're going to start getting to see that walking dead writing that we used to see in the in the previous seasons good luck see see, this is this is what Okay, this is just what I see. I, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not in the writing room, and I'm not trying to be so, you know, super critical. But the way that I sort of feel as a viewer that that things are happening is there's all these plot issues that they want to get out, and they're good plot issues. I mean, they're every time a new storyline pops up, it's like I'm filled with hope again. Like, oh, this could be great. This could be really cool. And the characters bumble their way through the the story plots and they create this kind of ambiguity in it that makes me completely uninterested and so the cave scene could have been amazing it could have absolutely been amazing the um the the way that they treated carol and daryl in the cave scene made me feel like they lost an opportunity to make two of their strongest characters into true heroes. They could have really stepped them up into a kind of, you know, okay, look, we're going to be in in these positions where even if we're not seen as leaders, we know what we're doing. And instead it turned into, okay, we should feel sorry for everybody. And look, I'm tired of feeling sorry for everybody on The Walking Dead. I love you all, but there's only so much of that that we can take before you've got to give us more to replenish that well. Well, and also, uh, you know, at this point in time, it's like they should be really used to this world. We shouldn't be feeling sorry for them. We should be seeing some sort of creationism on their part. You know, know, the pity party one is over. You know where they get that right? Whenever they deal with Michonne. Whenever they deal with Michonne, something 
phenomenal always happens. And, and it just feels like it's a whole new world again. It's only when we're dealing with, um, it's only when we're dealing with the, the characters that I, I think that they're trying to make us sort of craft feelings for, and it's, it doesn't work. Don't do it yeah. like that. You know, tell us the story. Well, yeah. and just tell us the story and let us feel about the characters the way that we want to feel about them. Don't try to force us to feel any way about the character. Just tell us the story. That's where I feel like they go wrong continually. Yeah, just like even in that bonus episode, uh, going back to that one, you know, I'm sorry, having what's uh, having him uh, save Rosita, uh, Rosita from uh, the zombies, it's like, okay, how many times has she uh, been up against this? Seriously? And uh, now she chooses to be weak? Just because she had a baby? Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what exactly what we're doing with that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, what they've done is they basically took all of the strong female characters, decided that, you know, they should be vulnerable and and genteel and making it like, okay, we need a man who comes and saves us. It's like, except for Michonne, where they're turning around and saying, it's like, you know, she at this point in time is just so raw and empty. It wouldn't matter if a man came into her world or not. Well, he could be an air puffer as far as she's concerned. Well, honestly, see, that's one of the reasons also, and I know it's gross, but that's also one of the reasons that I really like the fact that Alpha flipped the script again. Because yeah. it reminds us that, you know, look, it doesn't matter what gender you are. That, I think, was my whole point. You Maybe still be raped, yes. Well. If you are terrible, you are terrible. It has nothing to do with your gender. It has nothing to do with what your past experience was at this point in this world. What matters is what you do every day in this post-apocalyptic zombie world that either helps people or hurts people. And the, every time I see this sort of fallback to I'm a helpless female or I need a man to save me, or, and, and it doesn't always happen because we've had plenty of opportunities in The Walking Dead where women yes. have been at the absolute forefront of everything but every time they move back into the damsel in distress trope it kills me inside because we've grown past that uh, the walking dead has grown past that we don't yeah. need that anymore for good storytelling tell us the zombie apocalypse story not a damsel in distress story. well I mean, yeah start but playing some, me survivors but then sometimes damsels are in distress though well, yes. and you can tell us a story that includes somebody being in distress, but we don't need it to be the trope of the damsel in distress. Man, y'all got it good because all the black dudes on the show suck. So uh, I wish, <laughs> I you know, I wish they was as strong as the women on the show. Man, uh, don't get me started on uh, the way they do brothers on the show. Yeah, no kidding. You know, wow. Off. So, yeah, I know. It's like you, you just get to know them and then like, yeah. no, don't even bother getting to know them. Yeah, so, but uh, no, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, though. You know, um, I don't, you know, it's uh, and, and it's not even just this show. It, most shows have these same things going on in them. So, it, which, is, which is quite annoying. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. But you know what, though? 
when y'all ladies are in peril, I'm gonna be like, nah, y'all strong women. <laughs> y'all got it. <laughs> you wanna know one good thing that happened in this episode that I really did uh think was um important and well done. Um and again it goes back to uh the whisperers camp, but I loved the way that Negan came up with this idea that, oh, hey, you know, maybe the spy is in your midst and maybe you're not looking close enough to home. And Alpha immediately dismisses it in front of him like, dude, you're on crack. What the heck? Nothing like that could ever happen to us. And then thinks about it and obviously embraces it. To me, that was really well done because it felt exactly like the kind of thing that a leader, especially a leader who's trying to save face in front of all of her other people, would do. Yeah. Not admit anything, you know, do the right kind of, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're actually making a lot of sense here, and then follow up and then say, okay, you were right. Uh, but never, ever, ever giving up the fact that, uh, you know, that you didn't know, that you weren't strong enough to know. Do you know what I mean? Like that was really well done. True, and then also as well when you know, Dana turns around, like the secondary guy is like turning around and saying, "Well, I'll t handle her uh, with the uh, with the spy," and she's like, "No, you're gonna bring her to me. Right. I'll handle." Her. Right. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like no, you don't get the you don't get to have the say. Understand, you're my bitch, and you get to bring uh, the girl to me. Uh, we actually had a conversation in our house while we were watching The Walking Dead about why uh, why he stays with Alpha and why that dynamic is so just mired in really sort of deep biting abuse. And it, it's, I mean, it's to me, that's one of the most interesting relationships that exists in The Walking Dead right now is that dynamic between... Uh, him and Alpha, it's 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 yeah. absolutely horrific. It's like the abused person who doesn't leave the, doesn't leave the abusive relationship. Uh, they can't see it. They just can't see it. And I don't think he. I think even if he wanted to see it, that he wouldn't. That he yeah. couldn't admit it because it just feels too powerful. Yeah, I definitely liked that. I liked that whole that whole middle piece with the whispers was actually really well done. Also, I, I have to say, I have to kind of tip my hat a little bit to the whispers overall, having such incredible intel. I mean, for a group that is scattered uh, and and cultish the way that they are, without having a lot of organization in terms of you know they're not sitting together they're not having you know daily meetings and stuff man they can accomplish a lot I, th th to me that's one of the like biggest coolest sort of quasi mysteries of who the whisperers are and in this episode they did a really good job i mean they, they have a whole horde of walkers at the bottom of a cave in this huge cavern ready to unleash i mean that's like having yeah. a nuclear weapon and, you know, the only thing that your opponent has is a pea shooter. It's like, it's insane how well they have organized with the tools that are available to them in the, in the zombie apocalypse. It's really impressive. 
Yeah. Well, which makes me go, okay, these faction, this faction group does this, and it's kind of like, okay, what have you guys been doing for the last uh, oh seven years since this has happened? Obviously, you've been sleeping on the job because it's like these people, they don't even like each other, and they and they can manage to keep it together. Yeah. And you can't even so much as like you know figure out a place where to live that doesn't keep getting burnt or blown up. So you know this kind of this kind of goes back to uh, a theory that I have about uh, the Walking Dead altogether. Well, about the reorganization of society in the Walking Dead, and I've had it ever since I started reading the novels because they although they don't follow the same storyline exactly there are some similarities and that is that the reorganization of a society is you have to make choices and the choices are usually either you become civilized or you survive in in the in a post-apocalyptic world and oftentimes i think that uh, our alexandria people and others make choices to try to be civilized and they do it at the expense of surviving. Which, if we look at the other side and we look at the whispers, they're making the choice to survive, but they're giving up. They're almost feral. They're giving up the idea of civilization as, uh, as a, okay, this is what we do. We can't be civilized and survive at the same time. It's quite, I find it really fascinating. Yeah, it's one of the, uh, the the deeper things about this show and the the content as a whole. For sure. All right, so um, going forward, um, what do you what do you expect? Well, now I don't want to say what you expect. What, what do you guys want to see for these last episodes of this season? So, oh, I more people get killed, somebody thin down the huh? ground here. <laughs> I didn't hear you. Uh, what'd you say, uh, Gray? I was saying that kill more people so that we can thin down the crowd. Mm-hmm. The herd's too big. Mm-hmm. The characters. Mm-hmm. Oh God. What What about you, Jen? What, is there anything you want to see? I I really want to see more Michonne. I know that we're going to lose her soon. Well, we're going to lose her. Like you know, the show's going to lose her. Um, I, I want to see as much of her as possible. Um, I really want. I, God, I don't even know how in the world it came full circle to say this, but. The only one that's left that I feel like I can pin any kind of leadership hope on is Daryl. And I really want to see him step up. Mm. Like, I I don't know. Something's got to change. Because right now, it feels so fragmented. It feels almost tribal. And I can't imagine that that's going to work very well going forward. Mm. Okay, well, we'll see what's going to happen. Uh hopefully it'll be really good yeah what about you um i just want to see good episodes man i'm not even uh you know like i don't even know if there's something specific i want to see i just want to see good episodes and uh you know hopefully it's the season ends on a high note you know can taste like i'm just here for the snacks here for the snacks (laughs) that's for sure that is for sure grayson how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff but on social media, you can stalk me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Visipedia. Then also you can have me on the website, which is www.pastliveproductionsinc.com. As well as also, um, goodness, there are so many ways to stalk me. And now we can also stalk me on 
other uh, on other websites apparently and who knows maybe we'll actually get to uh, UCP too so who knows uh, where we can stalk me and by the way if you can't find me you're just not stalking me hard enough amen <laughs> amen alright what about you uh, Jen uh, you can find me on Twitter at following bliss one you can also check out my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com and my new launching website, which I'm super excited about, is Studio White Wolf. All right. And that's where you're raising White Wolves, right? I, I am actually raising White Wolves. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They won't be up for adoption anytime soon. But you can stop by and listen to some content. That might be fun. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And, of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Uh, join us uh, next week for an all new episode of talking about walkers the walking dead podcast thank you guys so much and we'll catch you next time peace see you later